This is Amy Poehler. My new movie, Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2, is coming to theaters June 14th, and it's making me feel joy and sadness and anger. Definitely some disgust. Rose! And I think a little fear. But I'm also feeling these new emotions like anxiety, embarrassment, envy, and ennui. It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's going to be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14. Get tickets now. And welcome to You Love to See It, a podcast where we watch TV shows and movies and occasionally other pieces of screen-based media, and then tell you all about them. I'm very excited uh, to greet you here today, and I am, of course, your host, Danielle Riendo. I'm the EIC here at Fanbyte. I am joined by three wonderful friends. All of us are buff, I think, in many, <laughs> many ways. Buff in the brain, buff in the body, buff in the soul. Uh I am joined, of course, by podcast managing editor, Merrick Kay. You know, I, um, I'm an ally to the buff community, I would say. <laughs> I don't consider myself among them. Um, okay, maybe okay. one day, because I did 30 squats yesterday, and I can't walk anymore. So. <laughs> Good. Hey, you yeah, know what? So, Those are so, 30 squats. You know, what? you know? It's real. The, the longest journey starts with dropping your ass to the ground. 30 times it's true it really it truly does uh and also on a journey with myself with everyone is our social media manager lb hunk tears lb how are you today i'm doing good also not buff uh i have been buff in the past (laughs) um this is probably the least buff i have ever been um i'm kind of at my fat waif moments right now all right doing a lot of uh kind of collapsing on sofas well, that's but also <laughs> an ally to the buff community. It's also very valid. Okay. It's very valid. Uh, and among our crew today is uh, one of the other of, of the buffest people here at Fanbyte. I am also joined <laughs> by our feature contributor, Fernanda Praches. Fernanda, how are you today? Hello, I'm uh, I'm doing good. Thank you. I'm a returning a returning buff. That's how I would define myself because I had a little <laughs> little brush with COVID recently. Yes, and trying to get yeah, back in yeah. shape. And and I had a merit moment the other day when I like decided like just to do a chill workout. And I have been limping for the past two days. I have severely oh, injured no. my butt and upper thigh. Yes, it's uh, <laughs> I still don't know how. But I will take the buff title because I feel like that's, that's what I need. That's to boost morale. You know, it's it's really good. And the reason we're talking about this buff thing today is because we watched Pumping Iron. I'm going to read the description, and then we're going to go right into it. We're going to talk about this just wonderful film. Pumping Iron is a 1977 American docudrama about the world of professional bodybuilding with a focus on the 1975 IFBB Mr. Universe and 1975 Mr. Olympia competitions. Directed by George Butler and Robert Fiore and edited by Jeff Bartz and Larry Silk. 
that's just such a great combination of names. I just want to mention that. Okay, I'm back to the description now. It is inspired by a book of the same name by Butler and Charles Gaines, also a great name, and nominally centers on the competition between Arnold Schwarzenegger and, his, and one of his primary competitors for the title of Mr. Olympia, Lou Ferrigno. I don't know how to say it without the actual Italian, so it's Lou Ferrigno to me. I don't know if other people say it differently. It's Ferrigno. That's his name. The film also features segments on bodybuilders Franco Colombo and Mike Katz, in addition to appearances by Ken Waller and Corny. Corny? Yes, Corny. Serge Nubre and other famous bodybuilders of the era. Everyone, again, I'm very sorry, but Lou Ferrigno is Lou Ferrigno to me, and uh, uh-huh. he's also the Hulk. Kind of contrary to like the rest of the world. Contrary to the rest of the world who are, who are <laughs> not Italian or speak a little France. bit of Italian, unpo, you might say. Yes, I mean, please, LB. Lou Ferrigno, we, we hear him with his entire family. Yeah. And they're quite an Italian family. They are. Um, they are. But a world, the whole world still does still call him Lou Ferrigno. So I think it's like I very brave try. of you yeah. to I take a try. firm stance. Hey, hard for that me. he's Ferrigno. Do you know how old, uh, how old Louis is uh, right now? I'm going to say he's 68. Close. Okay. All right. 69? He's 69. Oh, nice. Right. Nice. nice. We wish him the best. Um, Lou Ferrigno, just one of the sweetest dudes in this movie. And I don't know if it really makes sense to go through this movie like chronologically because it is just a lot of like guys working out. And there is like a narrative, which is the main narrative is the kind of like upstart Lou Ferrigno versus the the golden boy, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, (laughs) Spoilers, Arnold wins. Um, He he, he starts at the top and he ends at the top. Um, but Lou Ferrigno in this movie is just like the sweetest, just like he's so yeah. cute. He's so like sweet and wonderful. He's this huge guy. Yeah. But like has this great like 70s uh, kind of like mop of hair. Yeah. Um, it's just like really like or something. Yeah, he's, he's really young. young. He's just like yeah. really timid and just like. Oh, okay, I got sure. beat Arnold and just putting on these like gigantic shirts that like I have no <laughs> idea where these shirts came from at the time because like. <laughs> Bodybuilding, like, isn't a thing when this movie comes out, right? It's, like... It's very... This movie did a a lot to uh, change the perception that bodybuilding was, like, a freak show thing or, like, a thing for gay guys. Yes. Because, like, being interested in your body as a man at the time is very, like... Like, unless you're, like, an athlete or something, is very just, like, oh, that's a thing that gay guys at Venice do. Right. Um, And then this movie, and, like, there was a magazine as well, that I forget what it was called, um, but kind of popularized it as like, oh, this is just a thing that like guys do, just like normal guys. Guys being dudes. Guys being dudes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Danielle. Yeah. That was a little moment. I feel very close to you now that we both said that at the same time. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah, it was really beautiful. <laughs> we had we had a very like a like minded response there. Um, I do want to ask as like a framing question. Was this your first experience with this movie? I'm going to go around the room. I'm going to go around the room. Fernanda, do you want to start out? Have you seen this before? Were you familiar with this this beautiful, iconic film before you watched it this time? I was extremely familiar with it. Um, I think okay. the first time I watched it, it was... I was like 20... In my early 20s. And I was just okay. absolutely obsessed because I was expecting like... To make fun of it, to be one of those like kind of good, bad movies that, you know, you just watch and mock. And it is mockable, but like in a very profound way. It's it's 
honestly, I stand by it. I think it's a good movie. So I was aware of it. I loved it. And then I had rewatched it kind of recently before we had decided on it for this episode because coming here to Mexico City, where I'm currently living with my partner, I asked him, have you seen this? And he said, no. And it was a deal breaker. Obviously, I could not continue. It could not go on unless he had <laughs> observed Arnold at his prime and Lou Ferrigno. And um, so I had rewatched it recently. He got me a T-shirt, the Arnold is Numero Uno T-shirt, which is one of my most prized possessions, which <laughs> says a lot about several things uh, re- that happen around my life. Uh, But yes, so I was very familiar with it. I I am a big fan, which is, I think it's a good disclaimer to have before I start talking on the show. Like, this is is the lens from which I'm viewing this whole thing. It's the (laughs) lens of admiration. (laughs) That's really wonderful. Merit, I know you had seen it before because you had mentioned it. You had mentioned some things about it. Um, So you you have a history with this movie as well. Yeah, I was shown it for the first time by um, uh, my friend Alex. Uh, like four or five years ago or something. Okay. Um, and uh, she kind of like explained like some of the context of the movie, like that, um, like it's sort of historical placement and, yeah. um, and just like some of the stuff with like how it's like not exactly a documentary because like right. some of the stuff is staged and exaggerated. Yeah. Um, Arnold is really playing up the whole like villain angle uh, and doing a really good job of it. And um, yeah. And then we watched it uh, together on, uh, on Sunday this week. Had you seen it before? I have never seen this movie until Sunday and it's shocking. I know because I am, you know, my persona, everyone knows I'm such a jock. I am a jock every day of my life. I've been a jock every day of my life. I've been a, a lady who enjoys a gym. Every, you know, pretty much since I was a baby. Uh, so, mm-hmm. yeah, it was, it's actually surprising that this is my first time with it. Um, but I, I loved it too. I, I truly enjoyed this movie, even though there are going to be some things where, because I'm such a, a gym bro myself, like I, I identify as a bahimbo, a butch himbo, B apostrophe himbo. <laughs> uh, that is my identity in my life. So there are things about bodybuilding that I appreciate as an art, but I would never want to do it myself because I have to compete at a certain weight and like doing this would mm-hmm. ruin my life and my face. So like <laughs> there are parts of it where I'm like, I have to have that moment of like, I appreciate you, but I can never go down this path, but, but still really, really love the movie. Um, and LB, I, I do want to hear your history with it. And you, of course, LB, being hunk tears, you are a huge mm-hmm. fan of hunks and himbos, and I, I, I felt watching this movie that there would be an energy you would appreciate here. So I'm actually uh, one of the few people in the world who was given themselves a PhD. Um, good, good, I good. have yes. a self-given PhD in hunkology mm-hmm. that I gave myself <laughs> a few years ago. Um, kind of like Dr. Doom before me, yeah, I have dropped yeah. out of college and gave myself a doctorate. Yes. Um, however... I I look back kind of at my le- at my history um, <laughs> yeah. and like the kind of big moments in my life that led me to become a hunkologist. And like the first one is mm-hmm. obviously when I was four or five years old and I did an installation art piece about the Ninja Turtles um, <laughs> in a yeah. gallery in San Francisco because my friend's mom or my mom's friend let me do that. 
Um, that Sorry? was like my first big moment. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm going to need a Sorry? little more context. What was uh, the installation? Uh, my mom's friend, Erica Suderberg, fantastic artist, um, amazing filmmaker, uh, did an installation art piece where she gave a shoebox sized uh, plywood box to different people and let them fill it with whatever they wanted. Uh-huh. And I was one of the people who got to do that. I filled it with Ninja Turtles things and decorated it about the Ninja Turtles. Uh, we drove up to San Francisco to an actual gallery um, where I spent the evening at four, four or five years old talking to uh, just a lot of gay art people about the Ninja Turtles. Can I just uh, say? I don't remember this. I have no memory of this. But can it's I just like, say that this, this explains so much. <laughs> this is like, <laughs> this is like the secret LB origin story yeah. that like I never knew it, it just yeah, like it, is, it's like oh yeah of course of course <laughs> yeah. everything no that's my origin story absolutely it's, inc- so it's that. a great story then, it's a great origin story uh in college before I dropped out the first time I went to college the first time I dropped out uh, my final semester I took a class which was my third semester of college ever um, sure, sure I took I took an American studies class on pop culture and at the time I was very into smoking really bad weed with my roommate and watching uh maybe it wasn't my third semester it was I think it was the second uh and watching Conan the Barbarian every Good. other night we Good. would do Conan the Barbarian or Highlander um kind of alternating uh <laughs> as our bedtime movie and <laughs> that so unfortunately very- describes like my life now at 31 but <laughs> I mean, it's a really good life, Fernanda. Unfortunately or extremely fortunately, yeah. It's a great way to live. So I, at the time, Arnold Schwarzenegger was the governor of the state of California. Um, Right. And taking this American Studies class, watching Arnold Schwarzenegger movie every other night, especially an early one, I got very curious and fixated on him as like, um, as like, the topic for my American studies final. Um, So what ended up happening was my, I, one of the reasons I ended up having to drop out is because I was never good at like pacing myself or taking care of myself. Um, That was the semester, the finals week I went into a uh, sort of psychosis Mm -hmm. due to a combination of Adderall and sleep deprivation. Um, and that was kind of the headspace I was in when I held my American studies class hostage for 30 minutes, uh, well, class the, well past the end of class time, uh, talking about pumping iron. <laughs> okay, that's... Um, specifically the one moment, Fernanda. Yeah. This is where I feel like a spiritual connection to you. Yeah. Um, where Arnold Schwarzenegger is lying on a couch oh after God, winning... Yes. The big thing with a bowl of chicken on his stomach, smoking a joint, holding a little glass of wine Mm -hmm. and with with the beautiful, iconic shirt that says Arnold is numero uno. (laughs) And that was mostly what I talked about in just (laughs) like, you know, in a near psychotic state. Um, I mean, that's 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 a rich image. The the ultimate American experience. It's a dense, it's a dense, rich image. There's a lot to talk about there. It needs to be dissected. And so that was also like, I think that was my kind of first moment of for my actually probably my only formal uh, institutional moment of hunkological Mm -hmm. scholarship Mm -hmm. was that. So I have. 
I've seen, I probably watched Pumping Iron 10 times that week. Mm. Um, okay. That was, that was the wow. only times I've seen it. It was just that one week. Um, I'd so say it's that's been... enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it, it was such a journey to rewatch them. Yeah. <laughs> As like a normal brained person. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm still pretty bad brained, but like compared to <laughs> then, yeah, my first, like, yeah. It's very, very different experience. Uh, I still felt a lot of the same ways, like love Lou. Yeah, fascinated by Arnold, and like I guess the, the reason why I fixated on this movie and became so obsessed with it, especially for the Arnold Schwarzenegger American Studies project, is that I'm not a jock. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've never been a jock. I've always been bad at sports. I've always hated exercise. Um, I got over my running around little guy running around phase as a child, like very young uh, and became kind of a little sedentary imagination creature. Um, <laughs> That's a really lovely description, by the way. I just want to say that you. is, that is really lovely. That's yeah. me also. Like, That's I feel like we have, we have the whole movie right there. Like the origin story, the plot, <laughs> like it's amazing. And like through the lens Yay! of pumping iron, I feel like we might just so have our first million here in this particular <laughs> conversation. Yeah, the LB Hunter story. This is like I'm so delighted we got to talk about this. I'm so sorry I gave you my entire life story. <laughs> no, this is but beautiful. like this movie ex- like it's the Rosetta like I saw somebody on Letterboxd say this is the Rosetta Stone and like this movie explained it all to me I didn't I never understood how Arnold Schwarzenegger became the fucking governor of my state I thought it was Mm -hmm. I saw this movie and I got it I I understood I like even watching now knowing everything I know about him knowing all the you know the complexities the badness the weirdness I am I can't help I he's incredibly charismatic I can't help he's He's incredibly charismatic and likable yeah. It's insane. And so yeah, like understanding bodybuilding, understanding getting really into working out. I didn't understand any of that stuff. Understanding Arnold didn't really get it until I saw this and it all made sense to me. Um and I felt I that mean, way again watching it last night. Yeah. His life journey is absolutely insane. Like we can you know, obviously there's a lot that um, not to, that we we should not uh, necessarily condone about his um, life endeavors, right. but sure. like it, it's so sure. crazy because he is insanely charismatic. And what I love about him in the movie is that he's not the hero of the movie. He's like the main guy, mm-hmm. but he's kind of a villainous kind of character too. He's kind of the anti-hero. He's a little bit of everything. And then he went on to become a very successful by all standards movie star. And then he went on to became to become governor. It's how it's it's just the craziest <laughs> life arc. It's the American like, this dream. Narrative makes absolutely no yes, sense. It's literally, literally the American dream. It's the American dream. He yep. he's this like this Austria, this you know little boy from Austria works out, comes to the States, uh acts in a couple of movies, becomes an action star, then becomes like a political, a, one of the most powerful political people in the country. Like that's, that's like the American dream, right? And I mean, aside from, aside from yeah. working hard and like, you know, starting a business or whatever, but like, yeah, Arnold, like this movie is interesting too for just Arnold, Arnoldology, I think, because like, yeah. this is arguably like the axis on which his entire career um, yeah. turned because like before that he had been in movies before those 
Um, he was in a movie called Stay Hungry, which yeah. and was he uh, won a Golden Globe, right, for that one or something? Yeah, yeah, best Good acting rating. debut. The, so that was um, that was also a Charles Gaines uh, screenplay. Yeah, uh, yeah. Charles Gaines wrote the the book um, of uh, Pumping Iron, but so he had been in um, uh, in that and. He had also been in, uh, he had a cameo in my favorite movie, uh, yes. The Long Goodbye, where he yes. plays a goon. <laughs> he plays just like a goon who takes his shirt off at one point. And uh, does the peck like dance. And then. does the peck dance. And he had played um, Hercules in uh, Hercules yeah. in New York in 1970. Mm-hmm. But Stay Hungry like didn't really get him a ton of fame. Like he got like a Golden Globe and stuff, but he wasn't like a superstar. He was in this and then he became Conan. And like, he really pops off. Yeah. Uh, also, Lou Ferrigno like, became the Incredible Hulk. Um, yep, so, you know, he he, uh, he did pretty well, too. Yeah. I love, like, shirtless goon. It, like, cool gig if you can get shirtless it. Shirtless goon. <laughs> well, uh, have you seen that movie, Fernando? Not yet, no. I was actually reading okay. about it today, and, like, like, I would not associate Arnold Schwarzenegger with, like, a Golden Globe, like, ever. Um yeah. <laughs> so in in the long goodbye in the long goodbye he is a shirtless goon but critically all of the goons mm-hmm. are shirtless because there's yes. a scene where the villain is like I'm going to show you that I have nothing to hide. I'm going to take all my clothes off and it's like this weird metaphor thing that like doesn't really make sense and then he makes all of his goons take all their clothes off too. Fantastic. Um, I need and, to see and that. And they all are just I'm like so looking at Arnold like, like oh now I feel bad about my body. <laughs> yeah. No, LB, that movie fucking rules. You would love it. It's very good. Uh, Incredible, surreal film of the 70s. Actually, not too far off of this. That was, what, 73? It was 73. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, yeah, we're playing in that 70s space here at this point. And one thing I I did want to note about this movie that is a huge positive for me, uh, other than Lou and his beautiful family and his, like, Brooklyn uh, pasta dinners uh, and his little shitty Brooklyn gym, is the soundtrack. The 70s mm-hmm. porn-ass soundtrack so that's in this movie is, like, a thing of true beauty and poise and pornography. And I just I just wanted to acknowledge that, that the music does so much for the vibes in this The movie. original song, Pumping Dude, Iron? The original song it's so is... so good. Everybody wants to live forever. Everyone <sighs> wants to be a big muscle guy. Everybody wants to be a friend. <laughs> now, see, I thought... I also, because I'm, I am both the jockest person who's ever lived and also the gayest person who's ever lived. So I <laughs> watch this movie and I see gay culture and like, I understand yeah. that this movie was trying to make, you know, bodybuilding seem very macho, very masculine, but, um, mm-hmm. but what's here on the screen to me in 2021 as a, as a, you know, 30 something mm-hmm. queer, I was like, oh, so this is, this mm-hmm. is gay culture, even though I know it's not. But it is. And there is a fascinating interplay there for me, for sure. I I actually wondered about that, like, at the time. Like, how did, like, was it received at all in the gay community? And how was it? Like, I, I did wonder that aloud watching it. And interestingly yeah. enough, like, I saw the show notes and you had included soundtrack. And literally, like, my notes, the first thing that is, like, positives <laughs> – Soundtrack aesthetics, like not even joking. Soundtrack is the first thing because it sets the mood in such a way that I absolutely agree with you. And the aesthetics with the 
like the the little vibrant shorts and the the sleeveless yes. shirts it's all just like it's beautiful and it's such a decade and it i hate to say it's such a mood because it's like a thing that people say a lot on the internet and apparently that's not cool but yeah. i'll say it it's it's a whole mood yeah it really Damn. it really is here i want every outfit i would happily wear every <laughs> outfit in this movie like every day in my life to be honest with you what i'm wearing right now isn't far off like that mm-hmm. is what i enjoy wearing <laughs> i enjoy wearing tiny little tank tops and like tiny little short shorts that look like they came from the 70s and living my life in such a way i go to most <laughs> meetings in my life in like a singlet top and i'm just like yes hello i am all business yes this is my job and also my life so Everything about this is like, yes, I want to, I want to feel this. I want to wear this. I want to feel this. Now, one part uh, about this, and Fernanda, I did want to hear your opinion about this as someone who also watches MMA and trains Muay Thai. Now, we Wait, all sorry, know. I just want to uh, oh, please, answer please, your me. thing about gay Go culture. For Go for it, please. Because mm. mm. you okay. asked. Please. Yeah. Is that cool? Oh, I would uh, love it. So yes. I don't know, like, I obviously was not there. Uh, in the 70s and like my references my reference points for like what was happening specifically like geographically in like muscle beach venice um with like 70s gay culture is pretty like it's i'm pretty far removed from my reference points however i have one story yes which is it does kind of I just looked this up and it did blow my mind a little bit. So my mom is a professor. Her mentor um was uh whose name I forgot, I'm sorry, mom. Um, but he was Michel Foucault's guide to Southern California when oh, Foucault wow. came to LA in the 70s. Wow. Um that, that's he the did name. Drop. Take Michel Foucault oh to my Muscle God. Beach. That's amazing. It is very possible that. Michel Foucault, who, which he fucking loved. He loved Muscle Beach. He loved going to Venice and seeing all the hunks working out. Um, it is very possible he watched some of these dudes in this movie working out. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. That's a... Uh, I think that, uh, like Merritt mentioned before, like physique magazines um, and certain aspects of bodybuilding culture were associated with gay culture. But so that I think they're like, what my understanding is, is that there was kind of like... And not, not in the like, like not an not quite an uneasy, not quite an easy coexistence. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, but that like, yeah, that I don't know how like again in terms of like perception, public perception of this movie, but like these, like there were some of like some of these dudes in the background were probably fucking each other. Yeah, this- <laughs> right? they ha- they, I, mean, they I love how to- we got there. That was the journey. It really was. Like, I don't, like, and again, I don't know the specific culture of that Golds, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to, like, other parts. But, like, Golds is such a a weird, like, Golds now is very gay. Sure. But also very straight. Sure. And very, like, toxic straight. Yeah. yeah. So it's, like, a weird, a weird combo energy mm-hmm. thing here. Yeah. Where, like, you can't I ever quite tell... Until like you look a little closer and you're like, okay, he takes really good care of his it's skin. It's like Rocky Three. Vi- yes, yes, yes. Kind of yes. got like Rocky Three vibes in a way that is like the manliest of manliest things, and at the same time not. So yeah. there's kind of like a, an intersection there. 
there, there's just such a, it, maybe this is, this is weird, but like for me, it's such a Greek God thing. Like the, mm-hmm. or, or like ancient Greek, like male appreciation, like appreciation of male beauty and male ideals. Yeah. And like, this mm-hmm. is what mm-hmm. a man should look like. And he is beautiful. And also sometimes we, men have sex with men. Like there, right. there's like that aspect <laughs> it's not to it that I can't get away from. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I also think there's a point to be made that like, um, super muscular dude that look and that culture wasn't the like norm wasn't like the the default thing Mm -hmm. in uh gay men's spaces in the 70s so like it's like they probably bodybuilding like gay bodybuilders and straight bodybuilders probably bonded over being like everyone thinks we're weird because all we want to do is drink raw eggs and hurt our (laughs) hurt our rip our bodies apart so we can rebuild them stronger better (laughs) Yeah, that's but that's entirely speculative. Um, I also just want to point out that like, uh, so Schwarzenegger and Fergnau are like the two main characters, and uh, they're both shown in ways that like really emphasize their, um, their heterosexuality in different ways. Yes, yeah. So mm-hmm. Schwarzenegger is like, yeah. I mean, he is sometimes shown just with his brows. But, like, often he is shown, like, with beautiful women around him. There's that scene yeah, where, like, that reporter point. is like, oh, I'm going to ask you the what questions your... that we always ask. What does your special <laughs> woman look like? And he's just like, oh, I don't know, like, big ass, small ass, big boobs, small boobs. I don't, as long as the personality is good. Um, and it's like, okay, yeah, so he'll fuck anybody. Um, yeah, we did it. We got to the, the Arnold impression. We did it. We did uh, it. Contractually obligated. And then Lou like is, like, always shown with his family. Um, which is also like a contrast as like, he's like the down home, you know, kid from Brooklyn and Arnold is like this superstar, but like, he's always shown with his family. Um, Mm -hmm. in the movies, they they show his, his pageant mom, dad, they show his dad as like his trainer, but in reality, his dad did not know anything about bodybuilding. And like (laughs) the fact they like that actually (laughs) fucked him up in the competition because like his dad was like had to be there, like, giving him advice that he didn't really understand. Uh, and it made him more nervous. Oh, Yeah. Um, that's... And um, <laughs> speaking, of, speaking of the whole Greek Greek statue thing, yeah. another interesting thing that this movie doesn't really get into is, like, the uh, 1975, like, competition that the movie is, like, about, right? It's, what is yeah. it, the IF, IFBB? Oh, Mr. Olympia and Mr. Universe, but Universe yeah. is the Olympia. Olympia is the professional one. Olympia is the professional one. Yeah. Uh, it's in South Africa. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, during like the apartheid, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. And the 1975 IFBB Mr. Universe and Mr. Olympia contest were the first um, interracial competitions held in South Africa. Oh shit! Holy and, shit! And uh, they don't really talk about that. And also, Sarah's new bread comes. Um, in second place, which yeah. like no one saw coming, and he's like one of the very few like black bodybuilders that's like that's shown at all in this movie. I don't think he gets yeah. to talk at all. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, like there's a, a Vanity Fair piece from a few years ago, just like that. It's really good. It talks about just like a lot of the stuff that when it's making the movie, and uh, they I guess they didn't really want to talk about that. Um. But it is like a thing, right? Because it's like, oh, yeah. this is like South Africa in the seventies. Like, um, yeah, is no like we're not gonna, okay, um, yeah. But uh, like this one lingering shot when they're yeah. in South Africa where they just like hold on this like waiter, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, 
and then and it's like just to be like it, it i don't know i i i'm like oh right south africa apartheid yeah. holy shit yeah yeah and then yeah but um i would have been great if they had talked about yeah that. no but uh serge Nubre was like a a cool dude he was like uh he uh he apparently ate four pounds of horse meat a day oh, <laughs> oh my god wow that's <clears throat> and he was that's known amazing. as the black panther and uh wow. he won a bunch of competitions all over the world so and he was in a bunch more uh mm-hmm. film productions and stuff too so uh, he was in a, like a he was like a French movie star, yeah, kind of, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Like yeah. he was fame, like so, legit and, uh, famous. He was married to, uh, he was married yeah. to a uh, a female bodybuilder named Jacqueline Nubre. Oh, wow. So oh, wow. bodybuilding family, yeah, a lot of horse meat, I guess. You know, like a lot of meat. <laughs> Why of horse meat? Protein. <laughs> I mean, listen, I, I support total. reducing the number of horses, but <laughs> I mean. Yeah, it's that was my biggest like negative point is like why don't they talk about the fact that this is actually really astounding and that they are holy shit. Sorry, I'll be this photo of him and his wife. Yeah, just fucking like this is like oh wow, just like superheroes. Yes, goals absolutely. These people are action figures and beautiful and wonderful and wow, just just incredible, just aesthetics like like, <laughs> like you said earlier aesthetics like absolutely these things um aesthetics. yeah That's... i want to note uh franco colombo the oh quote-unquote yes. small guy who was my Short height king this guy's five five and uh he was a featherweight boxer so he's the only person you now this is this is what i wanted to ask fernanda like somebody with some some combat uh uh combat sport experience and knowledge this is the only guy who could probably like run a mile and also fight. Um, because when you have as much muscle as a lot of the people in this movie, it's not quite uh, functional. Like it's not it's not going to like help you out in a fight or or something like that to to a certain degree. But Franco could fight, and he is the smallest guy here. Uh, so I I you know as a tiny person I I really appreciated that. He's <laughs> just yeah, a little the, guy. And the weird thing is like. When they shoot him uh, hitting the heavy bag, um, I legit thought it looked horrible. I didn't know oh, that he's he dro- was he's an dropping actual, his hands. Like, boxer. It looks so bad, and I'm like, of <laughs> yeah. course it looks bad. Like he's a, like this is not anatomically possible for this person to actually be good at po- <laughs> like. As we know, like fighters need to be very like functional about their muscles. Like they're they they have a reason yeah. to be, and then like. Obviously, you're looking for something entirely different when you're looking at bodybuilders and it's aesthetic. So I saw it and I was like, of course, he's like, that's not what he does. I have no idea why they have him punching this heavy bag. And then it's like, oh, he actually boxed. And I actually would have to watch a fight to believe that he was good. To be perfectly honest with you. Yeah. I will not just take their word. I mean, it's like he's got to be so different, right? Like he his body is must be like so completely different if he's. Almost two hundred pounds now on a five five frame. He probably like, he would have had to be. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He, would, he was probably be. a boxer before, and then like he was um, had yeah. to build yeah, up to up. become a bodybuilder. Like absolutely, there's no way he was doing both things simultaneously. But yeah. Oh yeah, no. Um, but no I, way. he uh, he gave I up boxing they, like, because went... it was too rough on your face. Apparently. Oh, that's right. Okay. He wanted to be pretty. That was his thing. Which I I 
get it. Respect. <laughs> yeah, respect. respect. Again, the aesthetics. He respects the aesthetics. I love it. <laughs> he really And does. I love that they went he was all the way to person. Italy. Franco? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm like I a Mike a Mike Katz person. Columbus like, fucking feel, rules. Oh, I feel so bad for Mike Katz the entire movie. Like the whole thing was me just feeling sad for him. I just feel like we have a bond now. He's just yeah. He's just. Uh, I. I wonder. I wonder about him. I lie awake at night and I and I think about how my cats is doing because yeah. clearly he had some issues to sort through during this 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 movie. Yeah. So my my cats uh, in the movie. So the first kind of half of the movie, it, it's all a little bit. You know, there's kind of two main storylines, and the first one is about the amateur title, which was Mike Katz versus what was the guy who looked just like a kind of like a Ken Waller, evil Larry Bird. Waller, Ken Waller, yeah. yeah. Oh yes, yes, he's Waller. Who, they right, were so. they were friends in real life. They were training partners. They right? were friends, and Ken yeah. Waller had to do the stuff where he was like, "I'm gonna steal his shirt," <laughs> and like people booed him for years after that. Because it was yeah, because oh, it's again really drama. You know, he's right. really good at pretend. He's like, I mean, he's a heel. It's yeah. a, this is a pro wrestling thing. Mm-hmm. It's a work. Yeah. Uh, he's yeah. a great heel, and I'm so he's sorry. convincing though. And I think, like, what really sold it, what probably made him get booed was not just that, but, like, then he wins. And we have, like, poor Mike, like, just sad, like, despondent, <laughs> like, talking about, oh, he won? Oh, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. Imagine how he must be feeling. Like, that scene yeah. cuts, like, just tears your heart apart. So I can imagine if you don't know that they're friends and this was all, like, just a a pretend yeah. situation that he seems even more villain. It's also he he just has that that face. It's it's just a god given thing. Yeah. The haircut too though. Oh, that's is a rough the haircut. It's oh the, yeah. Mike Mike could have won if he had gotten his haircut. Maybe because remember they make such a point to say, oh, if we had a fourth place, it would be him. Like they make a point mm-hmm. to say that over the announcer, like, oh by the way, I was real close. You almost won. But like, oh, <laughs> Oh, I think it and was I, the hair. Like everybody's like, "Oh, his muscles were great," but that fucking haircut, and then they just, they made him fourth place, you know. God. Oh, and it's so sad because he was like bullied, and then they have those pictures yeah. of him, and he looked sad in all of them, and he talked about his dream of going yeah. into a football field, and people applaud. Like this is just this is a person who's going through some things, and for a person who was bullied to still have that hair, like. There's something. Go- I feel yeah. like he deserved his a spinoff. Like this is a more complex character than we got to see. That's just my thinking. I think you're right. I definitely think you're right. Such a sympathetic soul. Which it's funny. Um, I was reading a little bit about this uh, in terms of like sympathy and where your sympathy is supposed to lie. And Mary, you pointed this out the other night. So I'll, I'll uh, I'm just gonna set it up, and you can you can take the swing. Uh, I'll, I'll give the pitch. You can do the swing. But the fact is that Lou comes across as so sympathetic, even though the way he's framed, like the way he's shot, he's always in these like dimly lit. Like, I think it creates a, <laughs> an actually like an almost like a coziness. But apparently they were really kind of trying to go for something sinister with him. And there's nothing sinister yeah. about this sweet giant man. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I remember you had, you had mentioned that and I was like reading about it and I was like, yeah, they didn't quite sell this at all. Yeah. I think they kind of went back and forth on it because like initially sure. they were like, oh yeah, Lou Ferrigno can be like this like upstart kind of villain guy. 
Um, and like all of his scenes are shot like in kind of like darkness and like all of his workout things are like in these really cramped small Brooklyn gyms. Whereas like Arnold is like out in the sun and like just running glamorous running on the beach. <laughs> but then I think they decided like, oh wait, Lou is too, too sweet to be a villain. So uh, Arnold was like, oh, I'll do it. Like I'll, I'll talk about how I skipped my dad's funeral to, to lift weights. Um, did, which like, was a lie, right? Fair. Yeah, no, that's not true. Yeah, he did not skip his dad's funeral. Yeah. Uh, it's a good story, though. Um, and yeah, yeah I mean, all this psychological warfare, it really, there's a part where Arnold is like talking about like how it doesn't matter what shape his competitors come in, because if it's bad, then he'll win. And if it's good, then he'll mess them up. And like, it really, <laughs> really sounds like he's, he's like, you know, I don't want to do another Arnold impression because it's really cringe. But like when he's like, oh, yeah, you know, if we get to South Africa and he looks really good, then what I'll do is like, I'll, I'll show him the night of his life. I'll mess up his head so much. And I'm like, are you saying you're going to fuck him? Like, are you yeah, right? like, are you saying it's like, I'm going to go to his hotel room and I'll just I'll have him so confused. I'm like, are you saying you're going to like make him attracted to you? Like, right. Um, and it's kind of I unclear absolutely got what that he impression. is actually saying. Yeah. Like what he is actually, it sounds like he's saying he's going to seduce them and like distract yeah. them. But uh, he's just like, no, yeah, I'll tell them to scream when they're uh, posing or like, I'll just <laughs> do all kinds of underhanded shit. Um, God. Even at the end when they're like, when he's like kind of friends with Lou, when they're on the bus together. Sitting like up. like he the ending of the bus. graduate or something. <laughs> yes! uh, he, he talks about how <laughs> he's going to go. He's going to go back to like their house and then he's going to like take Lou's sister out. He's like, yeah, your mom's going to make me all kinds of food. I'm going to eat all your food. Then I'm going to take your sister out on a date. What do you think about that, Lewis? So I love word. It's in, in the dynamics also between uh, Lou's dad, because he's the one kind of like feeding the narrative to Lou that, you know, this is your enemy. He says, you know, he loved him. He's He looked up to Arnold. He wanted to be like him. And now he's the enemy. And then the minute they're like in the same frame, Lou's dad is fawning over Arnold. Yeah. And the mom seems charmed by Arnold too. Like it seems every everybody gravitates towards the figure of Arnold. And again, you have Lou sort of like sitting, looking a little bummed, like he's frowning. Like yeah. it's, they try really hard to make to he's so cute. You just want to hug him. Like like but it alternates between him being like I would say villainous, but like kind of the the antagonist and also being a total fucking loser. And I think they sell the loser part a little bit better. Like I was more convinced yeah. by that. And then afterward, like of course he's not a loser. But the thing to me in the movie, like with Furino and his dad. Every dialogue is fascinating, right? Like, they have the best lines. His dad is, like I said, the equivalent of a pageant mom, but it, it just yes. absolutely, you don't understand if, like, it is Lou's doing it. And then there's a scene in which Lou's on stage and he's like, oh, I did everything with him. I get the, I did the work with him, but he's the one who gets the applause. And it's also an origin story, if you think about it. Like, it could become the Lou Ferrino's dad um, whole whole separate Marvel villain type movie, but he's saying that, and then he catches himself like, yeah, I mean, because that he deserved it, but he's just such an interesting addition to the whole mix. That scene is so good, though, and that like speech is so complicated and weird, and like 
it, it that feels weird and he but then when he moves to being like and i just want to go up to them and say that's my son can you just cheer a little harder and i'm like yeah. getting i'm like getting emotional I'm like dude oh my god yeah i, I understand lose my son too <laughs> i'm like with him i'm like he's our just, son can you cheer for lou a little bit more please that's my boy that's my boy i just yell a little louder everyone's son he is so like i think i i it, I've, I've seen this movie so many times it never occurred to me they were trying to make lou Ferrigno the villain because he is just like the mm-hmm. sweetest mm-hmm. guy he's just trying and it's just like he just has a nice boy he's a nice boy face he's got like yeah, a, just, just a, a nice sweet boy him yeah like at the oh end of gosh. the graduate okay. like scene he's like wearing his tiny <laughs> little glasses and it's so adorable <laughs> Just like a huge boy wearing glasses and just like these like bodybuilders wearing normal clothes is like one of the, f- the funniest things in the world to me because like they just it's like you look like you're just stuffed into like a suit or like a weird like polo shirt or something. And like it's just like you look like you just sort of somehow like grew like really rapidly, but like didn't have time to like put on like different clothes. And you're just like, uh, I, I'm sorry. Like Lou actually looks kind of like awkward. At times, which just yeah. adds to like how endearing he is. Yeah, it's Moe. It oh. is Moe. It is. I think like, I know what that he, means. He looks like he, like the butcher shop ran out of like plastic, so they just are shrink wrapping <laughs> the meat in like printed polyester. <laughs> like the shirts, a, a bunch of my notes watching this are just like, I want that shirt. I want that mm-hmm. shirt. <laughs> yep. I want that shirt. Like Arnold's, um, like interview shirt that he has oh when God, he's doing yeah. the like famous coming line. Oh yes. Um, which uh, I guess we've done our one Arnold impersonation, so I'm not going to say it. But I mean, I mean, you can say the line. LB, go ahead. You don't yeah. have to I'll say the say accent. It. I'll say it in my own in my own accent. You can do it in a different my accent. Own. Yeah. I'll just when he says I'm coming day and night because he describes all the how he describes the pump as like coming. Like pump, getting pumped up his muscles before posing. Posing's like coming. Coming is like coming. Uh, so, and then it ends up with him coming. To, like his wording in this movie is fucking bananas. Um, but in that scene, like that's I want that shirt so fucking bad. I'd look great in that shirt. Yeah. Is the thing. Like uh, it has. Where great are they getting these stretchy? Like, it's a beautiful. Shirts. Like yeah. Well, that's what I'm wondering because like it's the seventies, right? Like. There isn't a huge market for shirts for huge dudes yet. Like huge ripped dudes. Maybe they're getting like fat guy shirts. Maybe Maybe I could wear them then. Hmm. I want them. I I want the floral wallpaper in the Ferrigno home. Yeah. And I want to have fried chicken. Yeah. And I want to sunbathe with the homies. Yeah. I want to smoke a joint while at Lou Ferrigno's birthday party. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. I always forget that. Like, I can't believe I forgot that detail of that moment. That it's fucking Lou Ferrigno's birthday party where Arnold is wearing the Arnold is. Can you imagine showing up to someone else's birthday party and like Arnold is numero uno or you are numero uno t-shirt? And then That's he, the, the fact that he move. reminds no, the fact that he reminds people that it is Lou's birthday is even worse. Like it's more demoralizing yeah. somehow. Give it's a like speech. He showed up. Yeah, because he's so <laughs> not threatened. That's the, like alpha, like true alpha mindset bullshit. Like it's. Uh, I get it. I understand all of it watching this. Yeah. Oh, the the, the scene like... where he talks. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, go for it. 
No, because that's an Arnold impression thing that now I don't know if it's particularly relevant, but <laughs> there's a little an- anecdote. There's um, there's a, an Australian bodybuilder. I will not remember his name now. He became Callum. Callum something. I don't remember okay. his last name. And he, there's a documentary about him on Netflix, which of course I watched because it was there. Why wouldn't I? And <laughs> he was going to play Arnold in a movie because reasons but he was buff and he was a bodybuilder and he was trying to break into acting and he had a dialect coach for uh to learn how to speak on arnold with arnold's accent the the movie is actually quite sad because like he breaks his whole shit once recovers and breaks his whole shit again like it's it's a it's a journey but um he was trying to learn and the line that the dialect coach is trying to use is the part where he's in that scene talking about coming all day or whatever. Uh, and it's, he's trying to say he blows air into the muscle, like to get the pump. And I just remember like immediately I have Callum in my head saying air into the muscle over and over again. <laughs> so that's what I have to contribute to the discourse. Oh, and I apologize. Thing. No, no don't be talking about somebody else's <laughs> Arnold impression, I think is different than being like, hey, everybody, here's my Arnold. Yeah, um, that's wild. Oh, I, my would, Arnold is I think that terrible. would destroy you. I think it, like trying to be trying to portray that guy. I yeah, that sounds he, very intimidating to me. And he did. I think that the movie came good. out because they show him at the premiere of it. I have to do research on that. Like, yeah, this movie happened. How old is this I movie? Now I'm so fascinated. Yeah. Like, I'm I'm I 90% think sure I didn't imagine this. Arnold Schultz. Yeah, Paul actually, our incredible producer, Paul, actually put a picture of it in our oh. in our chat here. And I Amazing. see a lovely, That's the movie. very photoshopped, yeah, <laughs> incredibly no, but photoshopped um, image of, um, a, of a man is who's his a statue movie. breaking. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah, because his, I mean, this is this yeah. Is all, this, so this is the Netflix movie, the 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 picture that we're yeah. watching. Yeah, right. this is lovely. I'm I'm honestly fascinated. I mean, it, there's a reason why Arnold became a star after this, right? He is so charismatic, even when he's being a dipshit and an asshole, and he's a dipshit and an asshole throughout half this movie. There's like a couple of scenes where he's showing a smaller guy how to pose, and it's actually like really nice like he's showing yeah. a much smaller man who's not quite as muscular he's like oh little guys they always kind of hide but like no show your muscle like he's really yeah, don't hide away yeah very nice there right um i think he's being nice he's to like, that guy because he's not a threat he's not a threat that's right he's he's the alpha dog like and he that's doesn't want any yeah threats. like that's yeah. like the the impression you get and maybe it's just because he is actually he was actually decent and he's just playing it up but like yeah when when there's no like when he's like, "Oh, this this little boy is no threat to me. This like this, this <laughs> child." Um, so yeah, I'll teach him. It's not like it matters. I can we, can we just go back to Columbo for a second because I please, just want to talk about he's, the scene. Yes. He's my favorite guy. He's my favorite. He guy. fucking yeah. rips. Short King. He's yes. shorter than me. There's a scene where he uh, blows into a hot water bottle and makes it explode. So cool with his powerful lungs. Uh, oh which is kind of incredible. He he was like so he was Arnold's uh training partner uh for a lot of the t- of you know his career. And um someone sent me this story on Twitter after I said that I was watching this movie where apparently he uh Franco and uh Arnold would when they were like training they would uh 
you know, before competition, they'd be like, you know, dieting or whatever. But then they would just go to the House of Pies in Santa Monica and just each eat an entire pie. (laughs) And apparently now, or like, you know, in the last 10 years, it's become like a thing of like carb backloading or something. Uh, But like he, they would just go there and just like order an entire pie and just like eat a whole pie. Um, Just be like, these two huge buff dudes like, oh, it's time to treat ourselves. Let's go eat a, a whole pie. Yes. Uh, yeah, which is just like, like the, two- the image of that to me is like very powerful. <laughs> it's it's honestly it's amazing. Kind of like two unbelievably buff European men walk into the pie place and they're just like, I I want a cherry pie, and they just like devour it. I it also, I mean, this is just to me also a twenty twenty one human being uh, who you know nominally competes in very very amateur tournaments in grappling. Of, like, how much bread they eat, and apparently they're eating pie, and, like, all this stuff where it's, like, athletes now, I mean, obviously, bodybuilding is a very, very different thing, but the most jacked athletes now, like, MMA fighters, like, can you imagine, like, Fernanda, like, somebody eating a pie before a fight? Like, can you can you even, like, imagine they're, like, training and weight cutting, and they're eating, like, seven calories a day and, like, dehydrating, and that's how they are, like, super jacked, and it's just, like... They probably fantasize about going to the pie oh, place and eating. Absolutely. Pie. I wrote like a story on fighters and food porn because like it's oh, absolutely yeah. a thing. I've heard yeah. like fighters who are like in the tub or whatever cutting weight. Uh, Edson Barbosa yeah. is an example. He's like cutting yeah. weight at the tub watching like Food Network. Like that's his thing. Yep. Like he's just yep. fantasizing about the food. I personally like those moments, like, of two people just going into a diner eating and eating a whole pie. Because it's like, yes. it's the one time when I can actually relate to an athlete. Like, forget everything else. <laughs> I cannot. But the eating a whole pie thing is absolutely something I could do. So, if you think yeah. about it, I could absolutely also be an athlete. Like, it's yep. it's just logic. And the other day, we yeah. there was a, a UFC fighter who talking about how he went into a fight in sort of a, a poor condition because he drank a whole bottle of wine the night before. Um, oh, to calm that's him, right. To calm himself down because he was nervous and couldn't sleep. The fight was in the morning, by the way, like just a small detail oh. that he wasn't even hungover. He was like legitimately <laughs> drunk by his account. Oh. And oh I was God. like, you know what? That I can't understand. Getting nervous and just drinking a whole bottle of wine before the biggest occasion of your life. Like that's so basically I I enjoy these moments because I feel like I I can connect to them in a way that all the discipline and hard work like that, that part I can't really relate to all that well. Wasn't that Paolo Costa also? Yeah. Before a title fight was one of the most. Right. Who is legitimate just He's for everybody buffest. listening one of the most jacked mma men yeah. like at all like he is muscle on muscle on muscle in like not in the bodybuilding way uh because he has to cut weight and make a weight but like as a as a person with functional muscles like jack it's probably the buffest so yeah yeah muscle, yeah like wild. i have a question about mma fighters actually do they like okay. so rest like pro wrestlers are obsessed mm-hmm. with the pumping iron shit. They like mm-hmm. when pro wrestlers come to LA, they all go to Golds in Venice and like take pictures there and like do one workout there. Do MMA fighters have that same have a, the same like a similar like weird love of bodybuilding 
ephemera? Honestly, or is this a pro wrestling thing? <laughs> I think it's a pro wrestling thing. Like, I can speak honestly, like, more for the Brazilian fighters. So it's a little different. Like, it wasn't. It didn't. It, it wasn't the same thing here. And this movie, I'm pretty sure none of them watched it. Like, I think with MMA fighters, okay. it's more of a Van Dam type culture. Like, oh, you yeah, ask like ninety yeah. percent of them it. will tell you they started okay. fighting because of blood sport. So that's mm, at least that's, from what I okay. can see. Pro wrestlers also love blood sport, but like everybody loves blood sport. So yeah, yeah. like yeah, that's John Jones had sense. an obsession with bodybuilding for a little while when he was like DQ'd mm. from fighting. He got really big and got really excited about bodybuilding. Um, but unless you're a heavyweight, you have to cut so much weight. So you are muscular, yeah. but you can never have big, big muscles because then you were just going to gas that out after sense. two minutes of fighting. So it's like, uh, maybe it's like, a honestly, there might be a jealousy factor there. Like maybe some people want to be more jacked and want to be bodybuilders and like want to like walk around with way more like, frankly, like glamour muscles, right? Like having like big traps and like big, big biceps and stuff like that. But but it's, yeah, yeah. it's not practical. Like I I hang out once with a wrestler who was super, super jacked. I remember every time he got up to go to the bathroom, like he just like could barely move. He was so jacked. <laughs> like it was awkward like for was- him to just like like I mean like I, I'm like I'm a large person. I definitely have like a slight waddle when I walk. And if I like and if I, I get stiff if I'm like, you know, if I like sleep wrong and it's cold and I yeah. wake up and I'm like uh, I'm kinda achy. Like like that's how he walked, but it was and I was like, that's just because you've got so much like He's just so jacked. He was just, just fucking jacked. Yeah. Like, I don't think he, I don't like know if he, you know, like, like traps that touched his ears jacked, yeah. you know? Right. Yeah. yeah. And, so and, like, yeah, it makes like, sense that you couldn't fight like that. Yeah. 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 Yes, and yes. Yeah. It's a, I don't know. I find, I mean, we could talk about this all day, Um, but I find <laughs> the aesthetics of, uh, of like male bodies over the years in the U.S. so interesting because yeah. like, you know, now if you look at like action stars, like all the Marvel guys have to go through this like completely deranged uh, yeah. personal training. Like so much money is pumped into making these guys look jacked. Yeah. Um, and that wasn't really a thing when this movie came no. out. Like like movie stars didn't really look like that. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. And even through like, you know, in the eighties and stuff, like real like action movies, like that's when it sort of started to happen with Arnold and like sliced alone yeah. and guys like that. Still um, but like now yeah. it's like, that's like the, the sort of like type of guy that is, is like a big male movie star. And um, it's just interesting how it went from like such a niche thing to like this sort of like ideal. And uh, yeah. when so much of it is, like show muscles right like it's not yeah. <laughs> effective like in like a combat situation or like you know maybe it's effective for like for lifting if you're like doing powerlifting stuff but like yeah like it's not like the images that we have of like superheroes and stuff like most of them like are not the types of people who would do well in like in fights right it'd be yeah. maybe spider-man two minutes spider-man yeah that's it- the thing like small small jacked and like functional muscle is is absolutely a thing, but like giant, giant, giant muscles are absolutely more of a drain of your resources than they are a help. <laughs> like it's it's yeah, you look at it like a, wild. 
Yeah. Like if you watch like a, I don't know, like Ultimate Warrior Ninja, I don't know what's that called, but like those types <laughs> yeah. of competitions where like everything, where it's really all about like you being able to utilize every muscle of your body optimally, mm. uh, the type is totally different. And I think it's interesting because I the the whole progression of this sort of this ideal of the male body i personally track down to i can i can like do a timeline with the rocky movies could be because everything i do in my life turns into a timeline of the rocky movies but like the first movie he looks (laughs) almost natural and then the second movie he looks like a little more buff three he's super lean and like the fourth one, when he's fighting uh, Ivan Drago, he's super buff and like, and he sort of has the bodybuilder look, look right? Like tan, oily yeah. as fuck, like reflecting light, ginormous. And you can kind of see, I think you can really pin it to whatever was happening in terms of just thinking about the optimal male body at that time. That yeah. um, this could be my Stallone obsession in general. That's so. that's what it is. That's <laughs> it's hard it to is, tell though. them apart. But it's it's really funny because that is a movie about a combat sport, and that specific with Ivan Drago, like that specific montage that we all know and love, where it's like Rocky, he's working out in the snow, and he's like has the horse stuff, and he's like, oh, he's out in the middle of nowhere, you know, he's in Siberia working out outside with, like, no technology and no money, and Ivan Drago's in there with the, like, treadmill at, like, an incline of 90, and, like, sprinting <laughs> up the hills, and, like, you know, all the stuff about, uh, oh, my God, you know, he's he's clearly, like, doing steroids, like, that's the thing, like, the Soviet versus yeah. U.S. thing is, like, clearly Yeah, they literally inject things in him. Right, and it's very, like, all right, assholes. That's exactly <laughs> also how Stallone got looking good, too. Like, it's, at least course, if it were yeah. in reality, right? Like, if it were in reality kind of thing. So, yeah, it's, yeah, it's funny. I'm, we should yeah. do a Rocky. I'm, yeah, I've never seen I, a Rocky movie. We should do, yeah. we should do, I've never seen any of the Rocky movies. Oh, wow. <gasps> yeah. Oh, no. I'm a, <sighs> I'm just obsessed generally. Some people may know this about me, but, um. I'm obsessed with bodybuilders. Um, yeah. I, I watch a bunch of them on YouTube. I love to watch them like just doing grocery shopping where they just buy like 60, <laughs> like a box of 60 eggs at Walmart. Um, I just, I don't know. I, I love just like reading about all the fucking bizarre shit they do of like, oh, I'm going to yeah. take these like untested drugs or like I'm going to take these <laughs> Soviet anti-anxiety drugs to make me better at lifting weights. Like that's not, don't do that. But like, like, the whole like show muscles thing is like now bodybuilders will inject something called synthol um, mm. or um, or polymethyl uh, methacrylate, I think, uh, which is basically like plexiglass uh, <sighs> into their muscles to make them look bigger. Mm. And uh, can't see how that would go wrong. Can't see how that could go wrong. <laughs> um, yeah, like they they inject this stuff into their uh, into their muscles and like it can sometimes make them look bigger, but like they're not, it's not making them stronger and it can cause like so many problems. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like this thing of like, it's so like, that's the, like the logical endpoint of like it being about looking a certain way. Right. right. Yeah. Like not, um, not like functionality, which yeah. is also yeah. really interesting to me because I feel like traditionally, a lot of masculinity is like really 
defined around like functionality and around like spurning like Mm -hmm. you know frivolous things or like things that are just like appearance is often um seen as like the domain of the feminine right Mm -hmm. but like Mm -hmm. if you're injecting something into your muscles to make them look bigger without actually making them stronger that's that you're doing that (laughs) and so like it's just like this weird like wow like masculinity just does not is like it completely incoherent i guess like (laughs) turns out all the shit is made up yeah it's the the whole thing that you i because i saw your your tweet talking about like the bodybuilders and doing menial tasks and i was i told uh told my partner i was i I mentioned it out loud i was like this seems interesting and he got so excited because like apparently he also loves watching those stuff on youtube i did not know (laughs) And I was like, yeah, like really big guys going grocery shopping and cooking things in their tiny, tiny kitchens. Like that's absolutely uh-huh. a thing. Like how did you not know about this? <laughs> like, of course. And then he had like a list ready. I'm not even joking. He oh put it God. on us like, oh, let's watch this guy and this guy. And and it is a beautiful, deranged, amazing world that I could get lost in. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Do you all know about a Milano tan? My favorite yes. injectable. Yes. What? What's okay, that? Melanotan is God. a lab-made chemical um, similar to a kind of hormone that exists in our bodies. And a lot of um, kind of bodybuilder, wrestler-y type people use it because it makes you tan really, really, really fast. Wow. Um, but it also makes you crazy horny and encourages skin <laughs> cancer. Yeah. Okay. Oh my god. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I knew then- uh, my. Sorry. Go. Please ask. Ask away. No. No. Yeah. The. So you said inject it. So I like put it in like your veins and directly into. Yes. How did? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I've. I have questions. Sure. Yeah. No. Yeah, no. You so know, yes. You that- inject it into your body. You inject it into your body, then you go tan. You tan really, really fast. Um, okay. And you're also horny. So actually, so okay, there's two that's... there's two peptides called melanotan. Um, okay. One of them is a prescription drug for um, skin tanning. Okay. And uh, that one is like approved prescription. For that stuff and you everything. can just buy it for thirty dollars. Yeah. Um. You put it in like it's like a subcutaneous implant, but okay. melanotan two was developed as a, a drug to treat uh, female sexual dysfunction huh. and, okay. and erectile dysfunction, but they um, it didn't really work, so they gave it up. But then now, like, you can buy unlicensed things sold as melanotan, too, that are supposed to be tanning drugs, but, yeah, just really, like, fuck you up. And, like, do have, yeah, they have the, like, sexual side effects, Um they cause like uneven pigmentation. Um, And I know this because one of my favorite bodybuilders, Big Lenny is like, was so jacked up on Melanotan for a long time that like his body is just like totally crazy. Like terms of like all these different colors and stuff, like just like, he just looks like very strange. Um, Yeah. yeah, So they take like all this weird stuff. And like I said, like a Soviet anti-anxiety drug became really popular. I forget what it's called. Um, it's like a whole, a whole weird thing. 
Um, Dude, that's like, I got to say, that's not the kind of knowledge I was expecting to walk away from <laughs> this chat with today. And I love it. Honestly, like it's, it's a pleasant surprise. It's, it's knowledge. It's knowledge. Listen, really. between the four of us, we have like a potent knowledge of <laughs> like hunks and like buff dudes and like bodybuilders and like we could we could do a whole show just on this stuff probably honestly we could we could <sighs> and sometimes i want to you know sometimes i'm like, you know <laughs> like what? If, if we had another bring back <laughs> another fan show. fight but it's just a show about uh it's not just about fighting it's just about huge dudes it's just called huge yeah. dudes we just have a muscle what is podcast it like huge dudes. <laughs> huge dudes. HD. Huge dudes. It's HD. Or, HD. or Hunkology um, with Professor LB Hunters. I'm sorry. Yes. I'm looking at these peptides you can buy don't, from Don't buy them. Com. Do not buy them. <laughs> you, can buy some, you can buy something that claims is oxytocin. And oh my God. Please do not oh, buy oh wow. like illegal discount peptides off the internet. Oh boy. <laughs> I'm not yeah. going to. Oh. LB, I mean, yeah. I don't. I'm just gonna I don't know if I can get it. them in Mexico. I don't think I can get them here, but at the same hmm. time, I feel like I can get some. Other, I wonder like, really... if you can get. You might be. I wonder able if to, you yeah. can get over the counter. Not to be that person, but like, I wonder if you can get weird over the counter bodybuilding drugs in Mexico. Hmm. I mean, you absolutely like, can. Uh, we could, we could, we could do the experiment, and this could be the first episode of. Listen, this huge is research. Dudes. You know, we just take research, weird drugs. And I think we're getting a little just bit. Destroy our <laughs> yeah, our like, we're getting we're, just we're doing the pilot for drugs. huge dudes now, but I I research. I feel like this it's would be my dream to become like an investigative reporter. Like that would be it. Like that would be my my beat. Like huge dude related Undercover. investigations. Wait, what was hey the, there, what was the Russian anti-anxiety thing? The Russian was it Selank? No, um, Soviet anti-anxiety medication. It's um, <laughs> you're gonna end up in some sort of Fenibut. list after putting that on Google. Fenibut. <laughs> Fenibut. Okay. Yeah. Fenibut. All right. I guess on that note, we um, we should probably begin to wrap up. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. I feel pumped about? though. <laughs> a big iron. Look. Here's a proposal. I think we should do some Rocky stuff in the future, and I also think we should do some more of the... There were several sequels to this movie. There was Pumping Iron, The Women. There was Raw Iron. There was... There's just a lot. There's a lot in the Pumping Iron cinematic universe that I think we could always come back to and probably always have this type of conversation where we think about what types of supplements. Uh, Subs.com, <laughs> uh, a place I shop at. Um, but mostly for like really, really innocuous things like vegan protein powder because I don't take anything because I You're natty. have OCD. <laughs> but no, it's uh, yeah, no, That's I'm, I'm all natural. Slang. My tiny muscles are all natural. I will tell you that natural is coconut I'll, water, as you might say. I'll, <laughs> I'll contact Jeff Novitsky so he can send you one of those usada t-shirts right are, like the dorkiest <laughs> slash most amazing things in the yeah, world. yeah they are they are real real special those <laughs> they really are uh usada is the testing uh apparatus for the ufc and they it sure is a thing um 
Fernanda, thank you so much for being here with us on a very special uh, you love to see it. I'm going to read our sort of outro text, and then I'm going to uh, I'm going to ask where everybody can be found online. So just get ready for that, just so you know. So I don't, you know, throw it out like like it's like a surprise kind of thing. I'm not going to throw you off by stealing your favorite T-shirt, you know, that kind of thing. So everyone, thank you so much uh, for joining us this week. We do hope you enjoyed your cinematic and your iron pumping journey with us uh, today. Please do, if you have a second, go ahead and rate and review our podcast because it helps us so very much. I know every podcast asks for that. If you do have a, have a good time with us, please, please, if you have a second, we wouldn't mind. It would really help us. And, and we really do appreciate that when folks do it. Uh, or tell a friend, you know, tell a friend who pumps iron or is interested in people who do pump iron. Uh, you can listen to all of our shows at fanbite.com slash podcasts, which also includes Fernandez Postcap, uh, Postcap? Excuse me. (laughs) Podcast. Best camp of my life with Fernanda Prochus. And you can follow us, of course, on Twitter at Fanbyte Media, on Instagram at Fanbyte, on TikTok at Fanbyte, and of course on Fanbyte.com. And you can watch all of our excellent streams on twitch.tv slash Fanbyte, including Merit Souls, which runs uh, Monday, Wednesday, Fridays at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. You can come hang out with us and uh, have a good time. Thank you so much to Paul Tamayo for producing this very good show. And you can also come hang out with us on Discord at fanbyte.casa. Fernanda, where can people find you online if they'd like to read more or hear more of your great content? Oh, no, you warned me and I'm still thrown up. No, I'm, 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 <laughs> I stole the t-shirt. Uh, I stole the blue t-shirt, you know. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, I am uh, on Twitter, of course, at Nanda Prachis um, with an underscore. I know it's very inconvenient. Nobody likes it. Uh, another Nanda Prachis stole mine before. And she hasn't tweeted since 2012. Aww. So, yeah, that's a very personal beef I have that it. I wanted. Thank you. I, I, I'm very upset by this. Um, and then, yes, of course, you can also find my writing on Fanbyte and my podcast, um, Best Camp of My Life, which is also kind of about both dudes, but like in a different way about MMA. Right, so you can right. find me uh, yeah. there. And I'm basically on every social media. I'm, I'm sad like that. But in English, that's where you can find me. Sounds really good. Merit, how about you? Where can we find you? Um, you can find me just watching <laughs> bodybuilders. <laughs> Big Lenny. Uh, yeah. <laughs> on YouTube. Um, and you can also find me on Twitter at Merit Care. Amazing. And of course, I would never forget our professor of hunkology. LB, where can people find you online and where can they, you know, read up on the hunks? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at HunkTears um, and my writing on fanbite.com. I've written about hunks a couple times, I think. Yeah. Hey, it's it's. I think it's really great that it's a you know an area of expertise. I think it's really wonderful. If anybody wanted to find me, they could <laughs> at Danielle R I on Twitter. And with that, you love to see it. Ooh.